Welcome to the Advanced Health Education's presentation on Forensic Radiography and Virtual Autopsies. Let's start at the very beginning of medical imaging. The x-ray was discovered on November 8, 1895 by Bavarian physics professor William Conrad Rankin. This discovery allowed us to look inside the body without having to use a surgical process. Barely a month later, we had the first court case in North America to involve x-ray. It was begun on December 24, 1895, and here we see the origins of forensic imaging as we know it today. After a 45-minute exposure to x-ray, an image resulted that showed the flattened bullet lying between the tibia and fibula. The bullet was then removed, and the image was submitted to the court at trial. Mr. Holder was subsequently convicted of attempted murder and sentenced to 14 years in prison. Also, the evaluation of death and injury is an important part of forensic medicine. We want to evaluate and make a determination as to whether the death was accidental or intentional. So let's define forensic radiology. Forensic radiology uses medical imaging to answer a variety of legal questions, including questions about suspicious and violent deaths. It is often used to document abnormalities during an autopsy. The importance of radiographic techniques in clinical forensic medicine is widely recognized. We originally started out with the x-ray. But today, with all the different imaging modalities, from ultrasound to CT to MRI, we're able to utilize different imaging techniques to get a better idea of what actually happened and why. Being a forensic radiologist requires a different or additional skill sets than a radiologist that normally works in a hospital setting. First of all, the radiologist may be required not only to look at anatomy and physiology of the humans, but also you might have to look at objects, such as faked art or authenticating uh, antiques, uh, etc. There is a difference in antemortem and postmortem imaging. In postmortem imaging, we're looking at a body that has been decomposing for a matter of minutes to days to hours. To centuries. All the environmental factors and the time factors must be taken in consideration when evaluating the images. Until recently, forensic radiology depended almost exclusively on the x-ray and the static image. But today, with all of the advances in imaging modalities and all the advances in software, we find that CT and MRI are becoming the standard in the forensic arsenal of imaging. It used to be that the cause of death could only be determined by cutting a corpse open. But with this virtual procedure of using medical imaging, we are now getting new insight into the bodies, and it could help identify previously undiscovered murders due to the fact that many times we destroy tissue when we're actually going into the body and often we're dependent upon a one-time look, whereas with a virtual autopsy we have the data stored and we can review it 
or numbers of people can review it. Utilizing the MR and CT as the basis for looking at the interior of the body, we can also look at the surface of the body using photos and mapping the photos across the body. Spatially mapping the photographic images of the body via computer and robot, we're able to marry that with the CT or MR registrations, which will allow us to get a complete look at the body. We would not be able to look at the surface if it were not possible for photogrammetry. Let's step back a minute and take a look at something we're all familiar with, which is how to create a digital image. First of all, let's start with the basics. Notice the electromagnetic spectrum. All digital images are created through the interaction of energy with tissue. As we see above, these energies come from the electromagnetic spectrum, whether they're visible light, x-ray, gamma ray, radio waves, ultraviolet light or infrared, they all are on the electromagnetic spectrum and the only difference is their wavelength. We understand how to utilize the intensities created from these interactions to create data to make images. We can map this data to create images or hybrid images from different modalities. Remember, we're capturing signals from the electromagnetic spectrum, and all data characteristics for images have three points in common. First is their frequency, or the megahertz, which would be what type of signal are they? RF, X-ray, gamma ray, etc. The second being contrast. Contrast is the difference in intensity at the tissue interfaces. And finally, we talk about noise. Noise is the amount of signal that you can capture. If you do not capture enough signal, you will have quantum model, which means that there is not enough information to be able to create the image. On the other hand, if you capture too much signal, sometimes you may obscure pathology. When we capture the energy, or data, we quantize that data. In other words, we sample that data to get an average intensity for specific levels of energy. Having the origin of the energy, its interaction with tissue, and then combining the intensity by location, we can create our digital images for viewing. We record the intensities and their location in our computer, and then we plot them on a grid of pixels or picture elements. This is the method used to create digital images. The choice of location and intensity used to display the image is chosen by the operator. The operator manipulates the data to give us an analysis of the anatomy and the physiology being studied. Obviously, we use this technique every day with each one of our modalities that we utilize in medical imaging, whether it is an ultrasound, CT, MR, or a radiograph. Regardless of the modality utilized, the process is the same in creating a digital image. A digital image is displayed as a combination of rows and columns known as a matrix. The smallest component of the matrix is the pixel, or picture element. The location of the pixel within the image matrix corresponds to an area within the patient or volume of tissue referred to as a 
The information we map on the matrix is digitized information. And what we're doing here is we're converting the analog or the signal image into a numeric data for processing by the computer. That numeric data is matched with what are called lookup tables. Lookup tables gives us the color and the intensity that corresponds to that particular capture. We first sample the data and then we quantitize it, which means very simply that we go in and average it out to get the correct intensity. The more times that you sample it, the more close you are to the average intensity. We're going to use these intensities and their spatial location for our image construction. Sampling actually measures the intensity of each pixel. Or to be more specific, it measures the attenuation profile of the anatomy at a given time interval. Here we see the reflection of the intensities of the frequency or signals. We use sampling to assign them a shade of gray or a specific color. This is stored in raw data in our computer and then we look at these intensities to actually assign the shades of gray through lookup tables or colors. We have lots of data stored in our computer. We get this data or all these signals through sampling. This is called raw data. It is stored line by line within our computer system. We utilize the information in these lines to create our final image. Remember, the brightness value for each pixel is assigned based upon sampling and quantization. The signal strength of different uh, tissues is recorded as an electronic signal. The strength of that signal is proportional to the strength of the interaction of the energy. This forms the latent electronic image, or the data we acquire to create images. The specific process used to transform this information is called the Fourier transform function. This converts sine wave signals to digital information. We subsequently use this information in conjunction with lookup tables and different algorithms to construct the image that we are about to see. We take this one step farther with our forensic imaging and our virtual autopsies. We're going to take all of the data and integrate it together to be able to give us a visualization that's almost instantaneous throughout the human body looking at all different levels and all different types of tissues. Did you enjoy this podcast? The remainder of this course is available via our famous webinar program. To view our course schedule, just visit us online at www.ahecconline.com or give us a call at 1-800-239-1361. See you soon.